Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sal Sports and Stuff podcast. Sal Capaccio here. Thanks for coming aboard again. We did this yesterday and now here again today. And I'll keep going forward as I address my State of the Bills 2021 I have articles at WGR550.com, supplementing it with the podcast here, so thanks a lot. We're going to talk running backs today. By the way, I feel weird every time I start the program, the podcast here, because I just kind of get into it and I just talk. There's no intro music or anything like that. I think I need intro music. I'm not really sure. Sometimes I think I just want to you know, throw something in to you know, get it going. I've done that before. And sometimes I think you guys just want to hear me start talking. You know, Who cares about the other stuff? So whatever, I don't know. Maybe I'll have some intro music. Maybe somebody will make something for me out there, or I'll just find some different stuff to play all the time. Either way, glad that you're here. Glad that you're listening. We actually had a really good discussion about running backs this morning when I joined Howard and Jeremy on WGR. Uh, And it's because of the article I did. You can find it at WGR550.com. Basically, what I'm doing is my 2021 State of the Bills series, and I'm going position by position. I'm writing an article, and then I'm doing the podcast here because then I can get into some of my more you know, more in-depth thoughts instead of just writing everything down and writing a novel. I can have extra thoughts, but a lot of it's the same stuff. And some of you, you know, you don't have time to read. So you want to listen. You want to put it in your car. Maybe you go for a workout. You're doing a, you're taking a walk somewhere or whatever. You're just listening to the podcast. And I appreciate that. As I said at the end of the last podcast yesterday, when we talked quarterbacks, by the way, go listen to that if you haven't. 2021 State of the Bills quarterbacks. As I said at the end of that one, I have no idea how to be featured on iTunes. A friend of mine is doing a golf podcast. I'm actually joining his golf podcast tonight. He's a big Bills fan. I'll, I'll tweet that out on my Twitter at Sal Sports. It'll be cool. Um, but he said, hey, you know, I'm doing this golf podcast. He's a good golfer and he's a big Bills fan. And he said, I'd love for you to be the first guest to talk golf. And I'd be that, I said, yeah, that's great. You know, so we're going to do that. But anyway, he said that he started his golf podcast and it already was featured on iTunes. And I'm like, wait a minute, I've done this podcast for like four years. I've never been featured. So I have no idea how that happens. So if anybody knows, help me out. Let's feature it on, on uh, iTunes. I'd love that. You can find this on iTunes. You can find it at our WGR 550 website. Um, wherever you pod, you should be able to find it. You know, Download the podcast app on a smartphone. Uh, it should load in right away once you subscribe to it. But we did have the discussion on running backs this morning on WGR when I joined Howard and Jeremy. And one of the first things Jeremy brought up was, hey, you can now basically just, you know, tell people in a very simplistic way what the deal is with Christian Wade. And that's right. I can. So I guess I can start there because we have so many Christian Wade fans who tweet me and ask me questions about him all the time. Here's exactly the deal with Christian Wade right now. 
He is no longer part of the International Pathways program. That was a two-year program. That's over. But the Bills did sign him to a future reserve contract. So it is very simple. Christian Wade is just like every other player now. As simple as that. There are no exemptions. They only get 90 men, not 91 because of him. They only get 16 on the practice squad as of now. We'll see, you know, COVID rules and stuff. Not 17 because of him. And if he does sign the exempt, if he, when he did sign the exempt practice squad contract the last two years, that meant he could not be elevated or activated to the active roster. Couldn't be signed a contract to a contract at all by any team. That's no longer the case. So again, I don't even want to confuse you anymore. Christian Wade is like everyone else now. He is a regular player competing for a job just like everybody else. And if he doesn't make the team, he can be on the practice squad just like everybody else. And he has an NFL career to think about and what to do. The, the problem is with Christian Wade, though, he's now 30 years old in May. And he just started playing American football less than two years ago. He is still an extreme long shot to make this roster. But good for him. He's going to get a shot. And the Bills basically really liked what he did in, you know, on the practice squad and showing up every day and doing his job. And I think that just, you know, speaks highly of them to give him the shot. But I don't want to discount it because they don't just hand out roster spots. I mean, he's going to, he, he earned it. And he's going to go to camp as of right now. I mean, they could make a change in the offseason. And he's going to fight for a roster spot. So good for him. So he's one of four players under contract right now for the Bills at the running back position. And I think there's going to be a lot of talk about running back over the next few months heading into the draft because people are going to wonder, should the Bills basically spend a high asset on a running back in the draft given the struggles they had in the running game? And they did have struggles. I want to go through some of those struggles, though, because I think that depending on your perspective, it will be basically how much of the struggles were due to the running backs and how much were maybe due to the offensive line or just the philosophy of the offense and things like that. I, I, as with many things, I don't think it's just one thing, but I do think the running backs took a little more of the, um, of the blame, I think, from some of the fan base as the season went on, even though I thought they could have been better themselves. You know, I, I think there were a lot of people who felt, you know, the running backs were not living up to or performing at expectation, and which is probably fair, but I don't think there was, was this huge gap between what maybe they should have had and what they gave you. Um, the offensive line, to me, is built to be an athletic, moving offensive line, not a run-blocking offensive line. It's built to you know help Josh Allen in the pocket, a scrambling quarterback. It's built to, you know, they're more athletic than they are uh, big and road grading and things like that. So I think that hurt the running game a little bit. I think there was some timing issues in the running game. Uh, that can happen when you have a pass-first offense and it's not really your main focus. Uh, it can also happen when you have a guy like Devin Singletary whose who's really main asset is to be elusive and pick a hole and make people miss. Um, I do think they missed someone just kind of shooting out of a cannon, basically, at the running back position, which would have helped. Uh, that is not Devin Singletary. That is not Zach Moss, as we know. You know, Singletary, he had five more carries in this, this season, five more only, than he did his rookie year of 2019. I think it was 156 to 151, I believe it was. He rushed for 88 less yards on five more carries. Now, you might think about those numbers and say, mm, that's really not a lot, but it actually is. 5.1 yards a carry for Devin Singletary a year ago, his rookie year. 4.4 yards per carry this year. We know he's never been thought of as a home run hitting back, right? Elusive, like I said, not super fast. 
there were a lot of times this year, going back to what I was saying a little while ago about, you know, where you place the blame. I thought there were a few times where it seemed like he was just basically one block away or one broken tackle away or one move away from a bigger run. And he didn't have any big runs until that Denver game, that Saturday game. He had like a 51-yard run, I think it was, for a touchdown. That was his biggest run of the year. He really never get got loose. And that's not his game to get loose and just break it to the house. But he had a bunch of like 20-yard runs last year, I feel like. And I got to go back and look at the stats. But it just seemed like he had those 15 to 20-yard runs. He never really had those this year. I thought he could have got to the hole a little bit quicker sometimes. And again, I think that's part of it was more of like a, a reading, an RPO type of offense, reading where the hole is, Josh Allen and him, timing, things like that. Zach Moss, he was drafted, and we know he was not drafted to be a home run hitter. He was drafted to really kind of replace Frank Gore to be a younger, powerful kind of you know running back. And he did have a slow start, and that's not his fault. I mean, the, the whole no OTA, no mini camp, you know, shortened training camp, no preseason, that hurt a lot of players, a lot of rookies around the league. Um, some rookies came in and, and were just fine. I thought Zach kind of had a bit of a slow start, probably because of all the things I just said with the way the offense is structured, you know, and the fact that he didn't have that time on task. So then he comes in and, you know, he was okay his first couple of games. He has a toe injury. He misses a few games. I will tell you, though, he had a really nice five-game stretch from the end of Thanksgiving at the against the Chargers game, I believe it was, that game, till the almost the end of the regular season. And in that five-game stretch, he averaged close to five yards a carry, which was really nice. But then, obviously, they get to the playoffs, wild-card round uh, against the Colts. He has seven carries in that game, and on his seventh carry, he got hurt. And then he was out for the rest of the playoffs. And hopefully, he'll be fine, and all indications are he'll be fine You know, coming back offseason. He'll be a part of the program and all that kind of stuff. Now, in the postseason, though, without Zach Moss... And actually with Zach Moss, with Zach Moss, they didn't have him. They had him for the seven carries. But overall, with Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, the Bills running game, outside of Josh Allen, just running backs, 3.68 yards a carry. That's against the Colts, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. That's not going to get it done. They have to be better at running the ball. Do they have to run it more? No. But they have to be better, and they have to be more efficient. I think that's where a lot of the misconception comes in when we talk about this with the running game. Anytime I say or someone says they got to run the ball better, I think a lot of people think that means they have to run it more to be better. No, they don't. But as my colleague Mike Shope says, well, if they spend a high asset, like a a first-round pick on a running back or a second-round pick, they have it. They're going to want to use it more. So therefore, they are going to turn to being more of a run team than they were. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think that, you know, you look at what the Chiefs did with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Here's a team that wins the Super Bowl with this incredible offense and incredible quarterback, obviously, and Patrick Mahomes, all these wide receivers, pass first, what do they do in the first round? They draft a running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, because he was a dynamic type of player they felt could fit into their offense to really pose a lot of, a lot of matchup problems. And when something's not going right in the passing game, they can turn to him. And then on top of that, they signed Le'Veon Bell, right? I mean, they built on their strengths. The Chiefs are a great model here for what I think the Bills need to do going forward. The Chiefs model the last couple of years, let's think about this. In 2018, the Kansas City Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes throw 50 touchdown passes, win the league MVP. He was incredible. Here's this incredible quarterback breaking records left and right. They don't have a great defense. They got to the AC Championship game. They lost. 
Uh, the defense kind of got it together the second half of that year. But what do they do? They don't have a first-round pick because that was um, the deal they made with the Bills the year before. But anyway, they go to the draft. Their their first pick is in the second round. Here's this Chiefs team that, like I said, had Mahomes, 50 touchdown passes, league MVP. They draft a wide receiver, Nicole Hardman, to go along with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, who they already had. Now, some people would point out, sure, they also had an issue going on with Tyreek Hill. They didn't know if he'd necessarily be available. Uh, suspension was looming, but they stuck by Tyreek Hill. They even gave him an extension a f- couple months later. They, I think they knew that they would still have Tyreek Hill in some way, shape, or form whenever that was. They still drafted Nicole Hardman. Then they go on and win the Super Bowl the next year, <laughs> and then they draft Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think that's a really good way of looking at how you know you can win in this league today, and you should win in this league today, which is building on your strength on offense, and then basically doing enough on defense. I think really that's where we are. We've shifted so much in football. That's what it is. And that brings us back to the Bills running backs, right? What the Bills need to me is a much more dynamic, faster type of running back who can hit those holes a little harder, break off those bigger runs, and be a mismatch in the passing game. And what's funny about that is I think they need a guy like they have on their roster. Well, they did. He's going to be a free agent, but not that guy. And that's TJ Yeldon. I think TJ Yeldon represented a lot of those kinds of things. He's just not that type of high level, dynamic, fast player I'm talking about. He's the type of player, meaning he can, he can do a nice job for you when he has to play. And he did, by the way. I mean, TJ Yeldon, in a Bills uniform, he only played nine games in two seasons. And in those nine games, though, he averaged 4.9 yards a carry. That's pretty nice. And he also caught the ball well out of the backfield. I actually felt that he should have played more than he did over the last two years. But that's the kind of guy. So what are we looking at? People will throw out names like Travis Etienne or Najee Harris. And I think, you know, Etienne from Clemson, Harris from Alabama. And I think those are the kinds of guys that I definitely would be interested in for the Bills. The problem is now, if you do that, and I guess you could say it's a problem, it could be a good problem, you bring a guy like Etienne or... Harris onto this team with Singletary and Moss, both under contract. Well, you don't have room for all three on game day. So either a, one of them becomes your TJ Yeldon is just inactive every week, which is fine if that's the way you want to play it. But I don't know if you want to considering you have two, I think well-respected young running backs on rookie contracts that you don't just want to, you know, have off to the side and never use. You might have to spin one of them for an asset. So I think that's where it becomes complicated and where the running back room could be a little bit crowded given that scenario and situation I just presented. But, hey, look, this is a 13-3 and team. They went to the AFC Championship game. It's not like they have a ton of holes. They have things they have to address. There's no doubt. But they're good. They have a good roster. So anywhere you draft, you're not going to have a guy just come in and start right away anyway. You're going to have people pushing other people out the door. So I don't know what this means for Singletary or Moss, but if they do wind up spending a higher asset on a younger running back to come in and that type of running back, certainly all three of them are not going to play. Now, the Bills last year dressed three running backs, or even two actually in a couple of games. They never dressed four on game day. They either dressed three or two, two a couple of different times, and I think there was a COVID-related issue on one of them, but it was either two or three every game, mostly three. And those three were Singletary, Moss, Yeldon, if one of them was out or hurt, when Moss was especially, and then Taiwan Jones. And Taiwan Jones isn't really a running back. He's a special teams guy. He's a core special teams player. He's also going to be a free agent. So you got Yeldon and Jones, 
who are going to be free agents. They're not under contract right now. They're pending free agents in March. You got Singletary, Moss, Christian Wade, and then I'll get to Antonio Williams in a second. But those are the four under contract. And as far as Taiwan Jones is concerned, just strip away the words running back or RB next to his name. The letters RB, they don't matter. He's a special teams guy. And that's what he's been. So even if they had, if they did have three running backs, like I said earlier, a, a high, you know, pick and then Singletary and Moss, Jones to me, a special teams guy like Moss doesn't really figure in that equation as far as active and active. He's a special teams guy. You might want to activate three and get, you know, the special teams stuff out of one of them, whichever one that is. But Jones is very good at what he does. And as far as Jones is concerned, though, I don't know if he's going to be back on the roster because as much as I know they really like him and he did a very good job, they paid him $1.75 million last year. And there's going to be some cap constraints this year. They made a conscious effort to upgrade their special teams last offseason. He was a big piece of that. $1.75 million. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't bring him back because he is now 10 years in the league. He's over 30, 31 years old. I believe he's going to be at the start of next season. So they might just want to go with a younger option there anyway. And that would mean, obviously, that you could use another running back on your roster to fill that role. But I don't think any of those guys we're talking about here, Singletary, Moss, Williams, Wade, another draft pick. I don't think any of them are quite the special teams guy that Taiwan Jones is. Taiwan Jones is one of the best gunners in the league. Him and Saran Neal have made for a really, really great tandem. Which also, by the way, means maybe they will re-sign him again to a league minimum type of deal or something like that. So we'll see where all of that goes. And when I say spend a high asset, that's what I mean. Which is draft. Not free agency. I just can't see Brandon Bean and this organization veering from their philosophy, which I think is a great philosophy, of not paying too much for running backs. And using the money you're saving around your roster, like for Josh Allen who's going to command a contract extension soon. Talked about that on the uh, previous podcast. Go check it out. State of the Bills quarterbacks. But the Bills' philosophy the last couple of years has been draft running backs. They got both Singletary and Moss consecutive years, third round, third round. Rookie contracts. I mean, you think about the money they're saving compared to what teams are paying running backs like a Christian McCaffrey in Carolina or a Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas. Some of these running backs are just getting all this money and now it, it, it hampers you from spending around your roster. The Bills have said, we're not going to do that. Not only do they have these rookie running, these, uh, I'm sorry, these running backs on rookie deals, which I think works. They're, they're well-respected. They're, they don't stink, right? I mean, they might not have had the greatest year, but also they're on these deals for multiple years, by the way. I mean, Singletary still has two more years left on his and Moss still has three more years. There's no reason to veer away from that philosophy. But if you want to add to it, and put another guy in the mix, and then let it sort itself out, I think you could do that. And that would bring in the higher draft pick, a first-round pick at 30 overall, or a second-round pick. I don't see it happening in free agency. The only way I see them signing a running back in free agency is if it's another Yeldon type veteran, not going to cost you a lot, compete. Um, if it's a guy that you know has has, has been around the league a little bit, not going to be overly expensive, something like that. They're not going to spend a lot of money on a running back in free agency. I just can't see that. But they do have room on the roster. Now, counting Taiwan Jones, who I just went through his situation a minute ago, they brought five running backs to training camp last year. And that means right now they would still have room for one more. 
Is that a guy like Jones, a special teams guy? Is that a guy like Yeldon, the free agent? You know, veteran who's out there that you can bring in, have a, a little bit of a different dynamic, a uh, different element? Or is it the high or mid-round draft pick or a later-round draft pick? Now, they do have Antonio Williams. He's one of these four. I think Antonio has is still a long shot to make the roster, but he's going to get a shot, and he looked really good when he played, right? I mean, he plays in the finale against the Miami Dolphins. 12 carries, 63 yards, finds the end zone twice. He even catches a pass and goes 20 yards. I mean, really nice. Did a nice job. Looked good. He's going to be fighting for a job. And they're going to, you know, give him every opportunity, just like everybody else. We don't know what the offseason is going to look like as far as OTAs, mini camps, training camp, things like that, preseason. Is there going to be one? So, you know, a guy like Antonio Williams, a guy like Christian Wade, they could be severely affected and impacted in a negative way if they don't get those opportunities in OTAs, mini camps, uh, um, a regular training camp, preseason especially. So we'll see how this all shakes out. But I think there's one thing we all can agree on is that the Bills did not run the ball very well this year. And again, then it gets to the heart of the question. Does that mean they have to concentrate more on running the ball to be better at it? Or do they just have to be better at it and still maintain their overall philosophy? I'd rather go that way. Be better at it. What the Bills need, it's funny, I, I'll i talk about wide receivers in the next coming days, and I've kind of joked, but it's true. What I've said about wide receiver is they need Isaiah McKenzie with a turbo button. They need a guy like Isaiah McKenzie, but just even more quick twitch and fast because Isaiah is kind of like the exact type. That's what I think about running back with TJ Yeldon. They basically need a better version of TJ Yeldon. That's what they need. And again, I, I would have liked to have seen TJ play a little bit more. And in his situation, getting back to him, you know, maybe he finds a job elsewhere and someone gives him more of an opportunity. Maybe not though. And maybe he comes back to the bills and, you know, we'll see. And, and they could go into next year without having to address it by bringing another guy. They could go into next year with Singletary Moss, Williams, Wade, Yeldon, and Jones again, or one of the two, right? And if that's the case, then if that is the case, you know, we'll find out what Brandon Bean thinks about the running back room. We're going to find out for sure. Because if they do that, that is a clear sign that he did not feel, and the organization did not feel, or Sean McDermott, whatever, everybody collectively. If they go into next year with what they currently have on the roster and don't really add to it, then that's a clear indication that they think the issue was offensive line and other things. If they spend a high asset, like a first-round pick, second-round pick, on a running back, that's a clear indication that they are not happy with the guys they have in the room or at least really want to, you know, button that up more, so to speak. And then I would definitely think that maybe one of those guys, Singletary or Moss, could be spun into something else. I, I just can't see them being released outright. There's no way. Not with these young guys on rookie deals who put in, you know, who look who look the part. <laughs> you know, Singletary, he did run for over five yards to carry his rookie year. So that will also kind of tell us a little bit about the offensive line and things like that. We haven't talked about that yet. I will. We'll get into it more. State of the Bills. Quarterbacks, already done. Check out the article. Check out the podcast. Running backs right here. Thank you. Uh, next one I do, what am I going to do today? I think tight ends I'm going to write about which is going to be super interesting. I think that's the area we might really want to focus on to help this offense in the offseason. But I'll write about tight ends. We'll do a podcast on tight ends as well. Uh, what other news is going on in the NFL? Did you see the uh, the Derek Carr thing? Um, Deshaun Watson, Derek Carr stuff. Vinny Bonsignor. Love Vinny. Uh, he used to cover the Chargers. 
Chargers or Rams? It was in LA. He's one of them. I think it was the Chargers. And now he's covering the Raiders in Vegas. Uh, I went on his radio show not too long ago, actually. And uh, he's a he's he's a good guy to follow, Vinny Bonsignor, Vincent Bonsignor. But he had a report, an interesting report, that said multiple NFL insiders have told him the, the Raiders are trying to trade Derek Carr, fielding offers, and they want like two first-round picks for Carr. First of all, I don't think that's going to happen. But then the intention would be if they do trade him, that they would spin those picks into trying to get Deshaun Watson. Look, I'm on record as saying, as of right now, and obviously things can change, and I also could be wrong, as of right now, I don't think Deshaun Watson's getting traded. I mean, I did see, though, that he scrubbed all his Houston Texans stuff from his social media, so, you know, maybe that's going the other way now. Um, But I don't, as I sit here right now, I don't think Watson's getting traded, but I think teams will make a run at him. I also don't think that the Raiders really want to be long-term married to Derek Carr. Because they've kind of given every indication that that is the case. Uh, and maybe they want to go with Mariota. Um, if, you know, if they don't land Watson, I don't think so. I think that the only way they would probably trade cars if they felt they could get somebody else to be even more of an upgrade than the two guys they have. You have to think about the division they're in right now. I mean, Mahomes is in the division. Justin Herbert's in the division. Who knows what Denver's going to be? I mean, Drew Locke isn't the answer, I don't think, but they've been rumored to be in the mix for some of these quarterbacks that could very well be on the market or, you know, a team that they could try to at least pluck off a team like a Matt Ryan or something like that. So I get it. And you know, this is how many, this year three, right? For Gruden, year three, year four, whatever, into that massive deal he signed. He hasn't really done much. You know, Mayock's been there a couple of years now. So there's some pressure, I think, building on the Raiders. They just opened that facility. They couldn't have any fans this year. So, you know, I, I don't blame them for wanting to do that, but you know, as long as John Gruden's there, I think they're always going to be average to a little above average with the talent they have because he's the kind of coach I think that, you know, can here or there make a team look really good. And then they also kind of, you know, they're just really inconsistent, I guess is the way I want to put it really inconsistent. Um, but Deshaun Watson would help any team that wants to upgrade a quarterback. There's no doubt about that, but we'll see, you know, if the Raiders are in the mix for that. So check out the quarterbacks state of the bills, quarterbacks podcast. I did yesterday. I talked more about the golf Wentz deal and uh, also the uh, Watson situation. All right, so thanks for tuning into this one. We'll do this again. I'm going to write about tight ends. Check it out, WGR550.com, State of the Bills 2021. Uh, no music again. Should I do music? I don't know. Got to think about how we want to do this going forward. Uh, throw some likes up on the podcast and some good reviews. Maybe I'll get featured somehow. We'll see how that goes. Thanks for tuning in again to the Sal Sports and Stuff podcast. Uh, we'll do a lot more of this going forward with the State of the Bills, and we got tight ends coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.